from MPV Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Karen Brown with surgical pathologist Dr. Allie Brown, who is in for Dr. Michelle Owens today. Our guest is Dr. Andrea Lewis. She is a specialist in sleep disorders, and of course, that's our topic today. Insomnia, snoring, sleep apnea, nightmares, night terrors. There are all kinds of ways that your sleep is being ruined, and we invite your questions. What's going on with you and your sleep problems? The number is 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464, or you can email us to women at mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women. We'll be back after news from NPR on MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lori London. Even after he becomes president, Donald Trump will retain another title close to his heart, executive producer. As NPR's David Falkenflik reports, Trump will retain a stake and a credit for the NBC reality series Celebrity Apprentice. The show is now owned by MGM Studios and airs on NBC, though it has not been broadcast since early 2015. Records filed with federal ethics officers show Trump's holdings are elaborately structured in a way that, intentionally or not, obscures clarity on just how much he makes from the show or owns of it. On the campaign trail, Trump often assailed NBC's reporters and anchors. He also denounced the network for the leak of the video from the NBC show Access Hollywood, in which he boasted of grabbing a woman's genitals. Critics note that entertainment companies often undergo scrutiny from federal regulators. Many of their bosses will be appointed by a President Trump. Trump once suggested regulators would take a new look at the terms under which parent company Comcast took over NBC. Now they're back in business. David Folkenflik, NPR News, New York. A federal judge has refused to end Wisconsin's presidential recount, initiated by Green Party candidate Jill Stein. Donald Trump defeated Hillary Clinton by more than 22,000 votes in the state. Stein requested the recount to determine if election machines were hacked. Two pro-Trump groups sued to stop the process, but a judge today refused the request, noting that the recount is nearly complete and there's virtually no chance it will change the results. Hillary Clinton says broadcasting fake news puts lives at risk. Clinton addressed the issue at an event at the Capitol for retiring Senator Harry Reid. Her concerns follow conspiracy theories involving her campaign, a man believing a story that Clinton and her aides were running a child's sex ring out of a D.C. pizzeria, entered a restaurant on Sunday and fired a gun. Clinton warned that it's clear that so-called fake news can have real-world consequences. The U.N. envoy on Syria says he'll work with the U.S. and Russia in talks this weekend on plans to evacuate civilians and fighters from eastern Aleppo. NPR's Michelle Kalaman has more on the efforts. Russia has announced the end of combat activity in order to persuade rebels and civilians to leave eastern Aleppo. While U.N. envoy Stefan de Mistura says he can't confirm that, he says the U.N. is planning for thousands of Syrians to flee. That, he says, is his priority. And when they decide the volunteer to move, to be actually provide protection and shelter and humanitarian aid. He says he's not sure how many people are left in Aleppo, which has been bombarded by Russian and Syrian warplanes. Demastora has been briefing the U.N. Security Council and plans to meet early next week with Trump transition officials to talk about Syria. Michelle Kellerman, NPR News, Washington. This is NPR.
Lawmakers in South Korea are voting overwhelmingly to impeach the country's first female president. She's suspended from power but not yet removed from office. NPR's Elise Hugh reports from Seoul. Celebrations broke out outside the National Assembly here after the 243 to 56 vote in favor of impeaching President Park Geun-hye. Park has a year left in her term, but because of a mushrooming corruption scandal, polls show 80 percent of Koreans want her removed from office. The impeachment vote Friday sets into motion that process, but a constitutional court has to decide whether to uphold the vote. It could potentially dismiss the impeachment motion, in which case Pac would get her executive powers back and stay in office until early 2018. Pac has apologized numerous times for creating political chaos that has paralyzed South Korea for nearly two months. Elise Hugh, NPR News, Seoul. An interstate east of Cleveland, Ohio, has reopened after snowy conditions led to a pileup of about 50 vehicles Thursday. The highway was shut down for more than 14 hours. About 20 people were injured in the chain reaction crash. There could soon be a revival of the popular NBC series Will and Grace. A 10-minute online episode was released in September when the cast reunited to urge voters to support Hillary Clinton. The episode got six million hits, and the series star Megan Mullally tells Pride Source there's a very good chance that there will be more episodes. I'm Lori London, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Pajamagram Company, offering 27 matching holiday pajamas for the whole family, including cats and dogs, and with Charlie Brown and Norman Rockwell themes in knits, fleece, and flannel. More at pajamagram.com. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app, available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning, and thanks for listening to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown. I'm here with Dr. Allie Brown, who is sitting in for Dr. Michelle Owens today. Doctors all over the place. Our special guest doctor is Dr. Andrea Lewis. She is a specialist, among other things, in sleep disorders, and that's going to be our topic today. We'll talk about, well, a few ideas, insomnia, snoring, sleep apnea, nightmares, night terrors, and there are a whole lot of other things that might disturb your sleep. Uh, if you have a question or a comment, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Dr. Brown, hello, good morning. Good morning, Karen Brown. How are you today? It's the Brown Girls. Yeah. 
not girl. <laughs> I'm really excited about our show today because, first of all, Andrea, uh, Dr. Lewis is a colleague of mine, so it's nice to see you in the studio. And also because I feel like I get really bad quality sleep. I mean, so this is something that affects me personally. So I, 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 I think, think that the listeners are going to really I think uh, so many of our listeners probably have trouble with sleep at some point or another. But Dr. Lewis, thank you so much for being with us. We always start the show by asking you to tell us about yourself. Yeah, thank you all so much for having me today. And I was really excited to be here today too. Um, I enjoy working with the with Dr. Brown, um, and I've enjoyed meeting Miss Brown this morning. Uh, so I, my name again is Andrea Lewis, and I'm from um, North Mississippi. We were just talking about my hometown in Houston, Mississippi, um, but I've been in Jackson for a while. I did a residency here in otolaryngology, or, or ear, nose, and throat, as it's what known. is that called? Because I that's Karen's favorite. Dr. Brown yeah. texted this to me, and I'm like, what? What is it? Yeah, everybody has trouble trouble with that. So Odo ears, um, larynx, uh, throat, uh, and then the the ology part of it. But uh, you can oh, also include otolaryngology. The, some people mm-hmm. included otorhinolaryngology, including the the nasal <laughs> part of it. But it's it's head and neck uh, surgery and medical disorders of the head and neck, and so um, that kind of naturally leads to sleep disorders because a lot of um, Obstruction. You think about the airway starting at the nose, uh, uh, down through the the neck and chest, where people have narrowing of the airway. So, um, ENT is an option for them is to get further training in, in sleep. What? So I did a fellowship in, in sleep following my residency in, in ENT. And Andrea has a big family, so good reason for her not to get sleep, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, four with four kids, all close in age, and a. And a, a husband that's also a physician, yeah, sleep at my at oh my, my house gosh. is very hard to come by, so I definitely <laughs> understand the importance so of So the that. first question, since this show is called Southern Remedy for Women, are men or women more likely to have sleep problems? Uh, definitely women. Um, I think we were just talking talking about that with some of our colleagues in the hall who says his wife gets mad every night when he she can lay down and, and fall asleep, and uh, his wife cannot. So that's multifactorial, but women definitely have... Uh, have more trouble with sleep. It sounds like a fairly common problem for women. When I was doing a little research, it was like 60-something percent of women have some sleep disorder in their life. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Wow. It, it's uh, right. Starting uh, starting early in, early in life, but usually mostly starting around childbearing uh, years. And it be- can become a chronic condition, or do women have, or women and men have this problem for a short period? It can definitely become a chronic you know, um, uh, situation, women and men both can have this problem and, and definitely with aging, it's more frequent in everyone. Um, but women, especially for hormonal reasons, um, typically have it at worst around perimenopausal and postmenopausal, um, but can even have it cyclical with their menstrual cycle during the, throughout the month in earlier years. With change in hormones. Hormones mess everything up. They do. (laughs) What a pain. They control our lives. At least we don't have a prostate. That's really the only saving grace, right? I always think, well, at least I don't have a prostate. That is true. One thing. Yes. What is the most common sleep problem? Really, it's insomnia. or And then the other thing I would think about is just uh, sleep deprivation. Um, most of the patients that come in to see me, most typically, I, I'll see a lot of uh, sleep apnea. But really, the most common sleep apnea is insomnia. Most so, common sleep problems insomnia. So what is insomnia? Because a lot of us have every now and then you have a night where you can't sleep. So what is insomnia? So to have insomnia, well, so acute 
insomnia is more just over a month period, usually related to an acute stress or, a, you know, life change, a divorce, mm-hmm. a death. And that usually goes away. You know, chronic insomnia is insomnia that lasts longer, takes longer than it can consist of taking longer to go to sleep, usually more than 30 minutes to go to sleep, consists of uh, frequent awakenings, and it mm-hmm. also or consists of awakenings that doesn't have to be trouble falling asleep and can um, cause us trouble with your daytime uh, function because of, of your sleep deprivation at night from your insomnia. Yeah, I saw that, the excessive daytime sleepiness. Yeah. I feel like I have that. I, yeah, I have that. <laughs> you have everything that comes I know, I, on the show. I have everything yeah. on the show. It's like medical school all over again. I think we're all self-medicating with caffeine. <laughs> Can yeah, you explain the sleep cycle to us? REM sleep and that sort of thing? Yeah, sure. Um, so on a typical night, uh, well, it should take you around the 15 minutes to go to sleep. So if you're falling asleep in uh, less than eight minutes, you're probably or definitely... Uh, have another sleep disorder or you're sleep deprived. It's not insomnia, at least not sleep onset insomnia, but typically when you fall asleep, you start, there's uh, stage one, stage two sleep, stage three sleep, which we consider deep sleep, and then you have dreaming sleep. And you usually cycle through in those um, in those stages. Now, as we age, we get less deep sleep, um, but typically you're going to get more deep sleep earlier in the night and more dreaming sleep later in the night and it should take you about 90 minutes or so to get into your dreaming sleep now little babies will fall into their dreaming sleep first so they get about half uh, percent we only get about 20 percent of dreaming sleep and you tend to preserve that dreaming sleep um the sleep cycle is really important because um what's thought that even some memory consolidation concern occur in REM sleep but well, what does that mean memory consolidation for the listener just helps your brain brain work better if you get those stages yeah, of, it's of true. sleep man if you don't get your sleep it's like you can't function yeah. now in dreaming think. sleep does that if you're having particularly vivid dreams or something will that raise your heart rate is, is it not restful sleep so it's questionable i guess whether the if you're having dreams is a, is a good or bad thing you can have dreams in other stages of sleep um Vivid, uh, vivid dreams can be related to maybe you haven't had dreaming sleep and you're getting more for a while. It can be related to medications. It's kind of a, it's it's kind of a a, a big a big topic as far as as what that what that means. I think about it a lot because in dreaming sleep, if you think about it, your body's supposed to be paralyzed so that you don't act out your dreams. Is the easiest way to think about it. And so um, it's also the stage of sleep where people have the most trouble breathing in their sleep. So they'll have obstructive oh, events. And you see that a lot in kids um, and in adults. Um, because and so, of that paralysis? Because of the sleep paralysis and the relaxation of the muscles. So I always tell people that are asking about their kids to go watch them in the early morning hours that they may not see it if they you know, watch them right when they're falling asleep. At, you know, yeah, because you said more dreaming eight. sleep happens later. Mm-hmm, and I notice, mm-hmm. like, on the rare occasion when I get to sleep late, that's yeah. when I'm dreaming a lot, right? Like, in yeah. the morning and stuff. You're getting that good good dreaming sleep in those early morning hours. Interesting. Maybe we should all sleep in a little bit longer <laughs> know, every right? day. It's like once a year I get to do it. <laughs> yeah. What about um, napping during the day? You hear about power naps. Uh-huh. Is, there a, is there an ideal time to nap? Can you make up for sleep that you lost the night before? So sleep is very cumulative. Um, so naps are definitely good. So I always tell people that are like, you know, I slept eight hours and I still don't feel good. But I'm like, well, you know, how many hours did you sleep, you know, prior to that? So if you sleep six hours one night, you really need, you know, two nights of nine hours to make up for it. So naps are definitely good and you can play sleep catch up. There is power naps. Um, there are certain times of day that you're going to be more tired just related to your circadian rhythm. And I say that's kind of a bad trick because you're really tired and it's really early morning hours and then you feel pretty good late morning 
And then in the afternoon, you're really sleepy. And then around bedtime, the way circadian rhythm works is that you're feeling pretty awake. So people stay up too late. Right. Yeah. Um, so an afternoon nap is a good time to nap and, and short naps can be a good power nap. What about Siesta. what is the length? Because yeah. if, t- if I take a long nap, I wake up, it's like, oh, I have to be up now and then I want to go to sleep. <laughs> well, if you have time, yeah, to cycle into all those deep, deep stages, it's not a great So thing. you should cut it off at a certain so, length? Yeah, it's shown that around 30 minutes and even drinking a little caffeine before that and having that 30 minute, you know, nap can be a real, a real boost. Oh, so um, you drink the caffeine and take the nap. So when you wake up, it's, there are some the studies that show that, yeah, that you've, cool. you know, stimulated uh, everything that, that way. And, and a really long nap, if you're really playing you know, catch up and you're not trying to just get back to work can be effective too. But what can happen in that 30 minutes? What is that sleep? Well, so usually you're just in your, um, in your earlier stages of sleep and in that short time, uh, typically. So, um, just you don't get your, deep enough kind right, of to be right. groggy. We need to take our first break of the show. We invite your phone calls. If you're having sleeping issues or you know someone maybe you're sleeping next to someone with sleeping issues give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING 1-877-672-7464 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org this is southern remedy for women on mpb think radio From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. This is Scott Beretta, host of Highway 61. Each week on the show, we explore a different aspect of the blues tradition. Join me every Saturday night at 10 p.m. and Sunday at 6 p.m., here on MPB. You know that 61 Highway. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome back, and thanks for listening to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown, here with Dr. Allie Brown and our special guest, Dr. Michelle no, Dr. Andrea Lewis. Oh, I shouldn't read on a piece Michelle. of paper. You miss Dr. Owens. She couldn't be here today. I know she, she loves to be here, so I'm sure it's it's paining her that she's not here. But we're very happy to have Dr. Andrea Lewis talking about sleep issues today, sleep problems. What's interrupting your sleep or keeping you from falling asleep? And we're going to go right to our phone. 
and say good morning to Anna, who's calling from Baldwin. Anna, go ahead. Hey, thank you for having me. Thanks for calling, Anna. What's your question? Um, I have a question about my sleep cycle um, during the night. Usually if I get, I found that if I get um, three to four hours of sleep each night, I feel more energized throughout the day. Three to four hours? Yeah, that's not very much. That's crazy. (laughs) Then if I sleep eight hours, I am for the first, I, I get to work at six. And if I sleep for eight hours at night, then from six until probably 12, I'm just dragging all day. But if I go to sleep at, um, my daughter usually goes to sleep about 7.30 or 8. If I fall asleep with her, then I'm just dragging all day. But if I go to sleep at 11 or 12 and wake up at 4, then I'm good all day. And I was just wondering if that's normal or if there's a reason for that. Yeah, Dr. Lewis, what's going on here? Well, I think typically kind of what you're seeing is that when you don't get enough sleep, you get some rise in some of your hormones. That's not necessarily a good thing for your health, but some of your hormones, like even your thyroid hormone, um, get activated. And so you have that energy. I think about that from my um, really busy call days, how when I didn't sleep that night, I felt kind of like I was really going strong the next day, but then the next night I would get a, a good night's sleep and then I would feel tired because you're still sleep deprived on the days that you do get enough sleep. And so you're still right. kind of playing catch up, but you've just had time to actually get into a deep sleep on those nights. So I think if you try to actually get enough sleep every night that you'll see a big difference just overall in how you feel. Now, there are some people that probably only need five or six hours a night. Most people need seven to nine, and there are very few people that don't that don't need the average um, amount. But um, you're just, you know, you're chronically sleep deprived, and you're just getting those boosts in hormones on those days that you're not getting much sleep and, and then never catching up on the other nights, but, but having time to get into your deep sleep. So what are the long-term ramifications of those hormones? Yeah, so that it is a really a big thing, and sleep deprivation is a really big deal. And so um, as far as obesity, diabetes, uh, cardiovascular disease, um, it really increases a lot of inflammation in your body with this change in hormones with long-term sleep uh, deprivation. So it sounds like, Anna, like you should maybe try to get over the hump on this perception that you're more tired with more sleep, that it's just that you're seeing that you're actually sleep-deprived because you're not having those hormones kicking in for your long-term health. It sounds like maybe you should try to stick to a little bit of a better schedule for, for, for like the regular term. Yeah, okay. definitely. Great. Anna, thank you Great so much question. for calling. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. We're going to stay on the phone and speak with Janet calling from Starkville. Hi, Janet. Oh, good morning. Um, I have paralyzed dreams, and if I can describe this, it's like there's people or things going on in the room, and when I realize that I'm in a dream and I try to wake up, I can't. I'm really stiff, mm-hmm. and sometimes I scream, and then I'll wake up, But and I even feel things like, like a cat jumping on my bed. I don't have a cat, but motions, uh-huh. and I'm just kind of wondering what causes these and how, you know, they're kind of scary, you know, trying to get out of it. So different things can cause it. It sounds like what you have is called, it's called sleep paralysis where you do wake up and and you're in your dreaming stage of sleep still, but your body's still paralyzed. We were talking a little bit earlier about how in your dreaming stage of sleep, you're paralyzed. Different things can cause that. Sometimes um, people that have sleep apnea have that happen. Sometimes if you're really sleep deprived, um, that can happen. Um, there's a certain sleep disorders. Narcolepsy is one uh, where people will have that happen. So it, it's really something you probably should get evaluated further to make sure there's not an underlying um, reason that that's, that that's happening. But 
It's not completely uncommon uh, uh, thing to happen. It may just be that you're not getting enough, maybe simple, and that you're just not getting enough sleep, and so you're kind of overly tired, and and it's happening. Mm-hmm. So maybe she tries to get that? more sleep. It's called sleep paralysis. You know, sleep paralysis. Sleep um, paralysis. Uh, makes sense. Yeah, the, the the older generation would used to come in and they would say the the witch was riding me. They would wake up and it was oh kind gosh. of a weird terminology. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. kind of a weird thing. But yeah. they would, and it's a very I've weird sensation to to wake up and not be able to move. Usually, typically, it's associated with something else. Again, not necessarily anything bad, but something you probably want to get seen about. How does it pass, Janet? Do do you go back to sleep or can you finally move? Well, I'll I'll, I'll get out of it. And I'll try, I'm trying to jerk myself awake, and when I finally wake up, um, I, my heart's beating really fast, and I have to calm down and realize what happened was just in a dream, mm-hmm. and then I try to fall back to sleep. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a scary uh, scary thing, but we're not really meant to to wake up. It's, it's in that dreaming stage of sleep that it's kind of a different phenomenon. Again, you're you are still paralyzed, but your mind's has started working a little bit again. You can also have some hallucinations on falling asleep and waking up too that can can be associated with uh, some disorders such as narcolepsy. And medications can cause some different problems too. Janet, we hope you don't have many instances of that anymore. Yeah. Thank you for calling, Thank though. Thank you. Me either. Thank I'm you so learning, much. I'm learning so much today. If you want to give yeah, us a call cool. uh, about a sleep problem or question, one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. I want to ask about night terrors. Mm-hmm. My son, when he was little, developed them. And they were, fr- I mean, they were terrifying to me. And and sometimes he would get up and start running and not knowing, you know, it was like sleepwalking yeah. along with screaming and just throwing himself around. What what causes that? So night tears are really scary. And the interesting thing is they're not so bad for the actual the child. And it usually is more in children, but they really are bad for the adult. Yeah, they and don't really <laughs> remember them, right? Yeah, they don't remember them. They... Um, they go back to sleep. They sleep fine. It doesn't make them tired during the day, but the parents are super tired and super stressed <laughs> about it usually. So it's a pretty normal phenomenon. A lot of people are really worried about it being associated with you know trauma that they've had, and that can at times provoke them, but most commonly they're just kind of idiopathic. They run in families. We don't know exactly what causes them, but it's usually in the first third of the night. And it's kind of in that sleep-wake transition when they're coming out of like a, a deep sleep. So kind of in that, um, it's interesting because some sleep disorders occur related to kind of deep sleep and wake transition like night tears. And so they'll occur earlier during the night and some things like what Janet was describing earlier associated with your dreaming sleep and they'll occur. So toward the early morning hours, so later in the night, but we don't know exactly what causes night tears again, sometimes associated with trauma, but most commonly just um, kind of like sleepwalking. Some people have this, uh, this problem, but uh, typically normal uh, It's a clinical diagnosis, um, sometimes medications can can help decrease it. The other thing we see, though, is that some people have more, and it's a, it's a parasomnia, will have more parasomnia as if they have something else disrupting their sleep. What is a parasomnia? What does that mean? So a parasomnia would be like something like um, that's unusual that's associated with sleep, like night terrorists, sleepwalking. Oh, okay. Um, it's a general like term that. for those things. Yeah, it's kind of a general term. Is sleepwalking the same thing as a night terror? There's no real reason for it? or it was just, It's not exactly the same, but it, it's the same as, yeah, we don't know exactly exactly why people do it but different things can lead to sleepwalking too like sleep deprivation alcohol um and it is more commonly in families 
um, but but similar type of disorder and kind of in that slow wake sleep in the beginning of the night and that transitional sleep. Very interesting. Let's talk about the drug now that makes people do crazy, <laughs> crazy yeah. things. Yeah, so in the in the press uh, in recent months, yeah. I guess, about the dosing of Ambien and the effect that it has more so in women than in men, and all these weird things. That and are the are... risks rare? I mean, is uh-huh. it is it prescribed a lot, and do people not have trouble with it? It's a very commonly prescribed medication. It was interesting. There was a study where they they tested. I think Allie might have been mentioning that. This, where they actually looked at just people driving around and how many of them were still under the influence of Ambien, you know. How, uh, Gee, yeah, nice so they're thought. driving on Ambien and texting. And there's, and, a, there's a large percentage of people, yeah, that are that are still have a good bit of Ambien in their system, probably driving around still to, this morning. Maybe they took it late last <laughs> night, but but um, it can be effective. It's usually better for short term use. It does, you know, the dosage. It has been shown that the typical ten milligrams that you know wasn't tested in women, and that. The dosage for women has been recommended to be the five milligrams unless uh, unless they actually need more. There are a certain percentage of people that do uh, some strange thing and it's sort of a and they have amnesia to what they've uh, done. Uh, most commonly, well, they text people, but uh, mm-hmm. most commonly I hear people say they get up and eat during the night. Um, and so that's kind of a, a, a interesting thing and one that particularly women are not very happy with. Right. Can someone effect. wake up in another location and not know how they got that there? Can definitely, uh, that can definitely happen. Um, can Downtown definitely happen. in your PJs. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if, yeah, if somebody has had one of those events, we you know do recommend that they not, not use Ambien <laughs> anymore and that to take safety precautions before, uh, before using um, before like what? Using tie Indian. yourself down, or you can put you a do? bell on your door. Yeah, there's oh, nothing great, okay. but just something to alert somebody that like you're leaving. Same with some of these people that have some really serious sleepwalking and that like mm-hmm. get up and drive around. Uh, that to do some safety uh, precautions, like a bell on the door. You oh know, my goodness. Uh, some things to make it a little bit harder for them. Padlock to... on the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> right. padlock on the fridge. Yeah, some things to make it a little tougher for them. To is a melatonin is that effective to help you sleep? So melatonin is really interesting and it's kind of a hot topic. So many people take melatonin. A lot, yeah. yeah. I hear a lot of people talking about it. They do. And, you know, it's not been really shown to be better for most people who are just wanting to fall asleep and sleep um, better. It is good for changing your sleep cycle. So if Hmm. you have, like, jet lag. Um, And there was a study looking at women and it did show that, you know, 8 milligrams over uh, 6 weeks did help some with them. But most, most studies have not shown it to be a really... Uh, you know, great as far as at least in in the medication as far as uh, helping sleep besides changing kind of your sleep phase and and cycle. But but there again, there has been a little bit in menopausal women that have shown some help. It does decrease with your age. Um, it is secreted, uh, you know, with the dark, and so you're not supposed to take it in in the light. It kind of confuses uh, confuses things. So it's a it's a sleep promoting hormone, but. All right, we're going to go to our phone. Linda's calling in from Port Gibson. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. Um, I have, from time to time, had sleep problems. And the problem I have is uh, I fall asleep. This doesn't happen every night. It, you know, happens sporadically. I will fall asleep and seem like in the middle of my sleep, uh, something well, it's awfully scary when this happens. I'm trying to move or I'm trying to get out of the way of something, and something is holding me down. 
And uh, and when this happened, I normally be waking up. So. So you're able to wake up from that dream pretty easily, or when you realize it's Not just a dream? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's almost like uh, something is it's holding you or uh, to the point where you can't move. Yeah. Almost like paralysis. It sounds similar to our previous caller, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. That, that is a scary problem. We were talking about that earlier. Linda, do you snore? No. No snoring. Mm-hmm. You do might you, not know. That's true. <laughs> do you wake up at any other times during the night? Do you wake up frequently? You know, I've been going, getting up, you know, getting a drink of water, going to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I know it's a southern type thing, but uh, have you ever heard of the witch riding you? Yes, I have. We just mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. We're, yeah, we were just talking about that. It You're is. right on track, Linda. Yeah, you yeah. are right on track. It is that, and it is a scary problem. So usually, what yeah, happens is, is is you're waking up like, out of your dreaming sleep, and your body is paralyzed, but your mind's still still working. Your mind is still working, and you don't you don't wake up until uh, somebody has either got whatever is off of you, or it's just frightening. Yeah, that yeah, that is a really scary, really scary uh, phenomenon. But and it's not uncommon. And you're right that that is a that is kind of a southern thing, and that is something I hear. The the witch is riding me. Typically, that can occur with um, uh, some it some type of form of psychosis. Huh. Well, I don't know, but I know I have it. Yeah. And, uh, you, you spoke of sleepwalking. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't sleepwalk, but sometimes I wonder when I go to Walmart, you know, people come in there in their pajamas. Oh, my. <laughs> their house shoes, I think, huh? that, I think that's just a fashion ambience. choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> thank you for your call, Linda. So yeah. what are some things that Linda yeah. can Thanks, do? Maybe Linda. try to get a little more sleep or? Yeah, that's one of the things I was, yeah. I would be concerned that Linda might you know, not get enough sleep and that she might be evaluated for something like sleep apnea because a lot usually it's associated with a, that's why another disorder. Snoring. Yeah, and that's why I ask her about snoring and was she waking up uh, frequently. And you can have sleep apnea without snoring and you can snore without having sleep apnea, but, but sleep apnea is a real common reason that people will have the, the sleep paralysis. And I, gonna, know, I know we have a caller, but just sleep apnea is just when you stop breathing when you're sleeping. Is that pretty much what right. that means? Yeah. You're trying to breathe, but your airway's closed. So you're not moving air and it, it yeah. <laughs> I can do it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right, time for a break. How's that for transitioning to a break? That's right. We have some emails when we come back. We have a phone call when we come back. If you'd like to send an email, the address is women at mpbonline.org. If you'd like to call us, the number is 1-877-MPB-RING. 1-877-672-7464. We'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is an important message for all MPB viewers who use an antenna to receive MPB TV. On Monday, December 12th, our DOT 1 and DOT 2 channels will change. MPB HD will move to DOT 1. A brand new 24-7 children's channel, PBS Kids, will premiere soon on DOT 2. Subchannels DOT 3 and 4 will continue to carry Create TV and MPB Think Radio just as before. Cable and satellite viewers shouldn't be affected. If you have questions, please visit our website at mpbonline.org. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Allie Brown and our special guest, Dr. Andrea Lewis. We're talking about sleep problems today. Sweet, sweet sleep disorders. And we're going to get to some emails before we get back to the phones. All right, this is from Suzanne. Can you explain how cognitive behavior therapy helps with insomnia? Can I do this myself? Yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy is interesting because I know we've talked about uh, sleep medications for insomnia a little bit. But actually in the long term for somebody with chronic uh, insomnia, um, uh, the cognitive behavioral therapy has actually been shown to be better. And and what it is is just mostly I always tell people it's not, you know, sitting on the couch telling people your deep, dark secrets because usually we do send somebody to a psychologist. It is more dealing with sleep stimuli, sleep hygiene. Um, They may even talk about light therapy. Uh, I don't know if it's something that you can do yourself. I think there is some programs online to help with that. And we have a really good, the psychology department has a really good program for that at UMC. But uh, it may be possible something that you can that you can start doing. It also usually involves some stri- sleep restrictions, so kind of limiting your time in bed. But it may be mm-hmm. something that you could kind of read the, the philosophy and methods for online. I think somebody mentioned the shut-eye program, and I think that that's what that is, is an online uh, program for trying to do cognitive behavioral therapy yourself. What is sleep hygiene? Sleep hygiene. Go to bed clean, take a right, shower. Right, That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, that does help you sleep better. Uh, but it is all the methods that do help you sleep better. You know, having a cool environment, having a dark room, not having a television in the bedroom, uh, not, you know, watching television and playing video games and being on your iPhone right before you go to bed so that you don't have that light and that stimulation right before trying to shut off your off so your common mind. now, my goodness, yeah, yeah. So all those things are important to create an environment for and a and a time and a place for sleep. All right, another email. Ellen asks, "I have sleep apnea and a CPAP machine. Lately, I wake up in a panic with dry mouth and feel I can't breathe. What should I do?" So interestingly, um, 
given my background, uh, I do treat a lot of uh, sleep apnea. And so half my patients always say love, love CPAP and the other half come to me because they hate CPAP. So I also do surgical intervention and different things for um, sleep apnea. So typically dry mouth can be a problem with CPAP machines. So sometimes turning up the humidity, changing CPAP, uh, you know, pressure settings, um, changing CPAP mask, all those things can help. Because your mouth is open and that's why it gets dry? Sometimes just because it's open and sometimes it's just from the air blowing constantly. Yeah, so explain kind of in a nutshell what the CPAP does. Yeah, so it's continuous positive airway pressure, and so it is an essentially blowing air at different pressures that act like a stent to keep your airway open to keep it from collapsing when you sleep. Hmm. And um, she says she can't breathe. Is that... So I'm not sure if you're, you may still be having obstruction on your CPAP. It may just be that, it may even be that the air is blowing um, too hard. You should have a little card in, in your CPAP machine that can give some information if it's controlling your sleep apnea, if you're having a lot of leak with your machine, different things like that that could be adjusted. And then um, I encourage people too to, to not give up on their machines. And if they do give up to seek and look at other, you know, therapies right now, um, I've actually offering a, a new uh, surgical therapy, which is a, um, a nerve stimulator to keep the airway open during sleep. All right. Wes is calling in from past Christian. Hi, Wes. Hi. Hi. I have a sleep problem for the doc. All right. What is it? Um, I have peripheral neuropathy. It's not diabetic uh, related and also have like restless leg. I take um, gabapentin. And I also take uh, some Benadryl. And I've been having, um, I don't know if you call it nightmares. Some of them are, and some of them are just very vivid dreams that, you know, and sometimes I'll wake up flailing. Uh, and my partner has had to grab me so she wouldn't be hit. Oh, geez. Uh, I wonder if gabapentin causes some of these uh, nightmares. Well, first of all, Dr. Lewis, doesn't Benadryl cause restless leg? Yes, Benadryl can actually cause restless leg. So I would stop. And Benadryl hasn't really been shown to be. A lot of people take it for a sleep aid, and it does make you tired, but it hasn't really been um, been shown to um, actually improve your sleep quality during the so night. So the Benadryl may be more of the culprit than the gabapentin, it sounds like. Yeah, I would be concerned. Yeah, that would be something I would definitely um, would definitely stop. Uh, it's it's possible, kind of, but unlikely that the gabapentin is causing the um, uh, the vivid dreams. There have been some reports of possible association, but I would again try stopping that that Benadryl. Benadryl has a, a pretty high side effect profile. Restless legs being one of them. Now, do you remember acting out any dreams? Um. Do I remember the dreams? Or do you remember, or, like, acting them out? Are you acting out dreams and remember acting them you out? you said your partner has to restrain you, sort of, to keep you from... Do you remember doing those you things? You know, I, I know during the dreams I, um, you know, seem like it's, you know, it's it's real and it's happening to me, you know, and sometimes, you know, someone might be attacking me, so <clears throat> probably that's the time I would be flailing. Do you, um, and do you remember that the next day? I remember it when I wake up. Um, Sometimes it it goes, you know, I forget it, you know. Some of them I remember, I mean, very vividly. Um, 
sort of like, uh, you know, a motion picture or something. Well, I would start with uh, stopping I mean, the, yeah. That, that, yeah, that, and that's kind of a different disorder than we talked about. You can have REM sleep behavior disorder too, but I would stop the Benadryl because that can definitely contribute to the worsening of the restless legs and even be associated with some things like that. Um, okay. And then I would talk to also talk to you. It sounds like if you have the peripheral neuropathy, you probably have a neurologist. So I would actually talk to him about, uh, about those dreams because sometimes that type of, uh, uh, sleep disorder can be associated with the, you know, something that your neurologist might could check out and help you with too. All right, okay. Liz, we thank you for your call and uh, best of luck to you. Alvin is waiting to talk with us. He's calling from Hattiesburg. Hi, Alvin. Alvin, you there? I'm here. Hello, Hi. and thanks for taking my call. Hi. Thanks my for life calling. My story is six hour sleeper. Uh, and that's pretty much my life story. And what happens uh, over a four to six month period, that battery will die, and I will sleep for 12, 14 hours. Ooh, uh, sounds wonderful. Yeah. yeah. The 12 hour and part. And I'm good for another four to six months. But after that, the battery will die, and I will just crash immediately. And that's forever. I've always been that way. And I sleep Is that chronic hours, sleep so deprivation? Now. You know, there are some people that have some kind of uh, circadian type uh, disorders that are not, you know, explained within our usual uh, realm of things. They have this kind of hypersomnia and they'll go for days and they'll sleep can be associated with even uh, different types of, you know, even some depression and even things like that can be associated with. Um, it could also be associated with um with the you know not having that regular sleep schedule and sometimes it is kind of hard to turn your mind off and when you do you kind of really flip that that switch and you are really really tired i would you know start with keeping a regular schedule as much as possible and uh you know in the other times trying to get more sleep than the six hours and then and then during those 12 hour periods trying to get out of bed at a certain time but uh it is a it's not a uncommon but it definitely definitely happens but it's a it's one that can be hard hard to fix, but I would start with uh, scheduling um, scheduling things a little better. All right, Alvin, thank you very much for your phone call. We need thank to take you. our last break of the hour, and if you want to get your call in, now's the time to call one eight seven seven MPB ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or send an email to women at mpbonline dot org. We'll be right back. For the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. 
people in developing countries are using their phones to bank, and new research says it goes much deeper than that. Is this like a new toy for people, or does it actually fundamentally change their lives? Does it solve poverty? I'm Ari Shapiro. Beyond the convenience of mobile banking, changing lives for the poorest families. Later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to women at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Southern Remedy for Women talking about sleep problems today. I was talking more during the break. It's I know. Hard we, to come we back. Almost we have so many questions back. for Dr. Lewis. And we have another phone call waiting. Jan calling in from Past Christian. Hi, Jan. Hi. Hey, Jan. What's your question? Uh, well, you had alluded to a new therapy that has to do with doing something with the nerves, and I would love for you to uh, explain that, please. Yeah, maybe you yeah. can talk in general about surgical treatments for sleep apnea, because I think that's something many people may not have heard of. Yeah, definitely. And I think I probably have a, a different approach uh, on surgical management that's been done in the past. So. Um, typically any kind of surgery is geared toward uh, a patient's anatomy and so where they're collapsed and whether they have, you know, most of the tonsils we take out in kids are for sleep apnea. So whether they have big tonsils, nasal obstruction, um, you can have tonsils on the back of your tongue, you can have a big tongue base, you can have uh, a lot of obstruction occurs at the palate level, so the thing that hangs down in the back of your throat. Uh, so sometimes that can be modified to make it not collapse. Um, the nerve stimulator is a, a newer treatment, and that actually involves... So this type of um, uh, therapy has been around for a while. We've used nerve stimulation for a lot of different aspects of, of medicine. Uh, now, this therapy has been around long enough to be uh, proven safe. Um, and it's it's called Inspire as the as a company. And they have a website that gives a lot of information. But what it actually does is there's a stimulator that goes around the nerve, the hypoglossal nerve that goes to a lot of the tongue muscles, um, and has a um, a sensor that senses when when the when you take a breath, and it actually then stimulates timing to your respiration. The um, the uh, sensor around the nerve so it gives it stimulation so that the airway doesn't collapse during those breaths it can be turned on with a remote at night so you don't have to wear yeah, anything externally like, is this happening all day it's sort of no no yeah it would so be- you have a remote control to something that's implanted in your body right you do and so you wow. can turn on at night it is for people who failed CPAP and there are certain requirements certain degrees of sleep apnea um, certain BMI requirements and certain anatomical features like I mentioned earlier different surgeries are are better for some people with uh, certain anatomy, so this one is um, better for people that have uh, certain patterns of collapse on their exam. Do you have problems with sleep apnea, Jan? Oh, yes, I do. I, I have a CPAP, but I've been wearing a dental device, which mm-hmm. uh, is much less bothersome than the CPAP. Yeah, and dental devices can be effective, too, for, for certain people, for sure. Do they just sure. keep the jaw forward? Or? They do, but interestingly, they do even more than that. They also prevent, they give tension to the muscles, so even the the lateral collapse in the throat, they help with that, too. Um, the uh, the nerve stimulator is a surgery, but it's, a, it's actually not a, a big or tissue-changing uh, surgery, but you would... 
it would be implanted and you would again have have the remote control you do turn it on at night and it's shown to been shown to be very effective again in certain in certain patients um but yeah dental device people typically like those better than a CPAP too if it's effective for them so uh, that's something I would make sure of too that 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 dental device is working appropriately for you. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, the only problem is that it makes my bite slightly off kilter, uh, yeah. but I still prefer it to a CPAP. So. Yeah, that is the that is the thing people. Well, they actually complain more of jaw pain with the dental appliances. Um, so if you if you already have jaw pain or, or a TMJ. Then it, no, I don't. I don't have that. That's good. That's good. With my bite. Good. And then secondly, it does change your bite a little bit, having that yeah, kind of forces on your on your teeth at night. Interesting, Jan. Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jan. All right. I get five, no, six hours of sleep generally uh-huh. because I get up at three in the morning to be here, and then on the weekend, wow. like tonight, I'll probably sleep nine, ten hours. Mm-hmm. And you always read yeah. you're supposed to keep your sleep schedule the same every day. Is that's that true. Important? Yeah, and that is helpful. I mean, it is better to be on a, a schedule so you play catch up on the weekends. Um, it is typically better to stay on the same schedule, so to go to bed around the same time and, and to get up around the same time. You know, I know when I take that Sunday afternoon nap, it's hard for me to get, you know, get on bed <laughs> in time. Uh, sometimes schedules just don't allow that, obviously, if you're getting up at 3 in the morning. That's- so Karen should try to be the afternoon drive home news lady yeah. instead of the early morning news yeah lady. yeah uh, not gonna happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay <clears throat> pardon me this is an email we received um from Kristen. you've mentioned cutting out technology before bed which i do but there's a new technology that helps eliminate blue light from screens like the iphone now has a night shift setting that supposedly blocks the blue light in fact it turns a little more yeah. amber yeah uh, there's also a pair of glasses that claim to do the same. I even have a light bulb for my nightstand lamp that's supposed to limit blue wave light. She means is, business. Is this for real or is it a hoax? She wants. Well, that to is better. The light is very stimulating. Even you know people say even you know or that like their television that the light is very stimulating. But still, all those activities in themselves are somewhat. Yeah, I was going to say that right when you're like seeing something, yeah. or reading something, you're thinking about it. Your brain is going. Yeah. So maybe it's yeah. not just the light, right? Yeah, it's not just the light, but the but the light is a stimulating part of it. So I do say you know for people reading is is much better just reading like a regular uh, book is more sleep producing what about the kindle and stuff like that people read off those things yeah and and i always think about that that light again the light is stimulating so i'm sure you are better off than uh the most most people not using all the all the um precautions that you've taken but i'd still say that light is more stimulating than not having you know that that light so it may be a little better than blue light, but it's not the best. But Yeah, but not the best. But even dim light at night, you know, do say with your reading and things like that, but when you're getting ready for bed to, to dim and not have that bright light. I mean, that is that is better. Okay, here's a question I think is pretty unique. Been an alcoholic all my life and recently took steps to correct this. However, I had to take, uh, I had to return to a small amount combined with sleep aid over the counter to be able to sleep. If that I don't, dangerous. if I don't, yeah. I cannot sleep. And next day, I have horrible shakes. If I do, the shakes aren't so bad. Do you have any suggestions? Sounds I have like, to do this on my own because of like lack Delirium of insurance. More than it, yeah, right? now I would be really concerned about that. It may just be more of a dependence on the alcohol that you really need to, you know, get seen about, and you having some. Um, uh, 
side effects from not taking, you know, not having the alcohol. So that, yeah, getting tremors when you have a physical dependence on alcohol, when you withdraw that alcohol, we call it delirium tremens. I mean, that's not an uncommon thing. I would think that's probably causing the tremors more than yeah. the, than the, and then the time period of being without it, you know, that you've, you know, been so long without it, if you didn't have that before mm-hmm. bedtime and you do get kind of dependent on it. For sleep, too, but it really actually makes your sleep worse. And I right, definitely, it helps you fall asleep, but then the sleep right. itself is worse, right? Right, and exactly. Then, and it sounds like here, I'm not sure if it's a he or she, but um, if they're coming off of alcohol, if they've just stopped, yeah. it's going to take a period of time before well, they're not having a right? I would discourage mixing alcohol right. with any right. sort of prescription or over-the-counter sleep aid. It just sounds kind of like a bad idea. Definitely. So what, what, should this, what, what should this person maybe do to, to, to... Well, I would work with somebody on decreasing mm-hmm. the you know alcohol, and they can actually prescribe you know medicine that can help with the sleep, but I would actually work on somebody with you know getting rid of the dependency on alcohol because that really sounds like the main you know problem, and, and they could you know, potentially prescribe something and work on other things. And but this person says that they're on their own because they don't have insurance. Is there anything they can do by themselves? Oh, but I mean, AA and things like that. Yeah, there are a lot of resources for people with alcohol. Yeah, dependence. All right. Well, we hope that's helpful to yeah, you. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, definitely. All right. We have about a minute and a half left. Any closing thoughts or what people, you know, can help with their insomnia? Sing or a lullaby or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. Yes, it can be. We can chase chase my kids around for a while, and you'll be really tired. Um, oh, I, I have a question. Yeah, does it matter what time of day or night you sleep? So everybody's a little different. So that's a whole that's a whole different night uh, owl versus morning person, right? So you know, your your circadian rhythm can be shifted, so you can have a delayed sleep phase or an advanced sleep phase, typically in different aspects of our life. So you know, in truth. Uh, for all the the moms listening, it's really is normal that your teenager wants to sleep late and stay up late because that's the way that their sleep phase is shifted. And it's normal that your small child should go to bed early and get up early. And so it's it's not necessarily, I always tell people, you know, retired people will come in and they're like, I stay up all night and I sleep all day, but I like it that way. And I'm like, well, if you don't have to be at work and that's the way you you do better, then that's okay. But if you're a night owl and you have to get up early for work, you need you need to work on shifting that sleep phase, but it's not necessarily bad or good unless it's really going against your lifestyle. All right. I'm one of those moms that says, get up. You've been sleeping all morning. Remember all those years you woke me up early? <laughs> yeah. I'm planning that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Andrea Lewis, thank you so much. Yeah. Great show. Thank I you. Yeah. Lot. Glad to be here. Uh, well, Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. It is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the members of the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show was engineered by Jay White and our call screener is Jay White, multitasker. For Dr. Allie Brown, I'm Karen Brown. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy 